Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. I'm Ayanda. And I'm Dambuzo. You're listening to Walking, Walking on, on Water. Water. discussing today so today we thought we might want to tackle something which is very pertinent i think to us in our space that we find ourselves in so being black and are we gonna go with bougie well, <laughs> black really, and middle class i'm a middle class kid black I mean, and middle class i have bougie moments i think we all do yeah i think I we do. both do at least let me put it that way yeah, there's so, moments where I just like, I crave sushi for breakfast. There you go. Sometimes I have most of a breakfast. Oh, there you just, go. I'm, so I'm like a, you've got these poles, these <laughs> these different moments. Proper nuanced person. There we go. So so being black and middle class in, we put it in the, in the Cape Colony. In the Cape specifically. Colony. So being here in the space that we find ourselves in, mm. what does it mean for us then to, ne- you know, to negotiate this space and to try to bring those two things together and what are some of the contradictions within ourselves that exist and that exist within ourselves we're trying to to navigate these uh, these spaces yeah um, so how how do we yeah how do you live your life how do you, how do you i was thinking that i think it was a couple of days ago i was thinking about something my master's right. and part of it is doing an interview like oral history stuff and i was just like it's so weird that like i am trained to do research in university on a mountain right. i'm trained to see the other as the researched sure. and i'm the researcher um they're the subject i'm the you're the one who's yeah, yeah i'm the one who's looking for information in them and it's been so weird like interviewing family members and being so weird that like i'm definitely an insider because i speak as Tosa. Mm-hmm. i'm we share the same surname we share the same like istugo like clan name but I'm an outsider because I'm coming in with the back of a tape recorder. I'm coming in with a particular way in which I, I'm, I'm taught to see them. Mm. And you're, you're extracting information. And I'm extracting, right? Sure. So like there's like this, like anthropology has done like really good work around how like, how do you do research at home? How do you become like more, I guess like more compassionate, more human? Mm. And not like this like giant of researcher. But like all of those things, like this one question that I always get stuck with is, what are the implications of like forming friendship? with mm. our family members for the sake of our careers because like i'm because i'm performing because i'm most like i'm yeah, performing yeah. friendship because i'm like i don't want to see you as the research dude i don't want to see you as my the subject so like i'm gonna so like be friends and i'm gonna bring tea i'm gonna but it's like i'm i'm performing all these things so that i feel better sure 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 but i yeah it's and, and the thing is like when i first went into my research i was like i'm an inside dancing and jonga like it's gonna be cool and then I see like flip. I'm I'm made in a in the colonial heaven of universities, and I can't <laughs> uncolonize myself. <laughs> oh, that's gosh. that's been a difficult one for me, like navigating my blackness right. at home, at school, and back at home again. It's yeah. it's weird. Occupying those different spaces. Bruh. So yeah, and I think that that's probably one of the challenges, though. I think of. Particularly, maybe particularly within the Western Cape, I don't know. Maybe other spaces are a little bit, a little bit different. But being in this particular space, where you you kind of have to put on like uh, different faces, different voices to navigate those different spaces. Some of the things that you might do at home, things you might say, things you might eat, for example, you're not necessarily going to do those things in other spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So now, I guess that's always becomes the the tricky part of it is how then do you sort of navigate in some place you have to button up your blackness in one sense. You have to you have to put it under wraps. Uh I think I once was skit someone on YouTube about how to modulate your how to modulate your blackness oh, given man. the circumstances. So that sometimes you might you don't want to be too black. Sometimes it's like you want to, you know <laughs> you want you want to to be as real with yourself. But but it's it's one of those things which I, I guess it comes up in even the simplest of things, like when mm. you're at a restaurant. When a restaurant or when you're walking within a certain shopping mall or whatever, where I know for me now, especially being a dude too, where you are the danger. Yeah. Like sometimes you want to <laughs> to modulate that and to be as unthreatening as possible. <laughs> And part of sometimes, oh, you laugh, but it's true. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes how I do it is, 
Hey man, like like sing a little upbeat song. Like if you sing Pharrell, no one's mm. gonna think you're threatening. If you're singing, if you're if you're singing, if you're singing Pharrell or singing something upbeat, but you're trying to make yourself as unthreatening as possible because yeah. you know how people view you. Or being like overly um, friendly, like greeting everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of going above and beyond because because precisely you're trying to come across as like I know you perceive me as. I'm the threat. Yeah. I'm, I'm the danger. I'm I'm likely gonna be the one who's gonna pickpocket you or mug you or whatever. So I'm trying by all means to make you see that, hey, I'm a. I'm good. No, I'm a person. I'm, I'm a, a safe. Like I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm safe, which is problematic too because <laughs> it's like yeah, being 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 the safe black. But yeah, but uh, you you mentioned like restaurants and other stuff like yeah, it's yeah. other spaces where you're trying to, you know, you put on accents and you. Better to try it by all means to fit in. Like I as much as possible. Put on the I need to speak to the manager accent. Right, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Like I was telling D the other just now that like whenever I wanna like book a restaurant at a camp spay or like like wherever, like when I'm like I just the bouginess in me is awakening. It comes out. I just have to put on like my Maracas voice. Hey guys, um I'd like to please book a reservation. It only like I only get found when they ask my name i'm like Dum, I am. I am. <laughs> and it's, it's like, like oh. <laughs> with that voice what's happening <laughs> yeah it's like sorry i just yeah. i had to i had to get this table because there we go there we go but uh, yeah just having to perform there that thing go. all the time yeah and it does it does feel like i think that maybe that's the reality too and there's something i think you wanted to pick up on that they, that there are certain circumstances be it in the varsity space or within the workspace or whatever where you, when you enter into those places, I mean, the reality of the history of South Africa is that a lot of these spaces were constructed, you know, as, as exclusive mm. of black people. So mm. they were constructed for, for white people and black people kind of entered into those spaces as workers. You entered into those spaces yeah. as, uh, as the help. And so now when you enter into those spaces now, you're entering into an already constructed space, space which yeah. has certain expectations, certain rules of decorum some spoken some unspoken mm. you know don't raise your voice too much that's being loud of course. don't laugh too loud don't laugh too loud of which that's a that's a difficult one for me <laughs> don't don't laugh too loud because again it's like let's be especially within the cape where it's it's very very british moderate and very very whatnot it. moderate everything but so you when you enter into those spaces you have to adapt or die in some ways in some mm. situations and that changes you mm. and then when you go back home sometimes those changes go back with you and then it's yeah. like trying to fit now into your home context when you're now this changed individual yeah. that also raises its own issues too yeah. like how do you re-enter your home space when you're now this changed person who might have gathered a few airs about you <sighs> while you were <laughs> while you were away it's uh, such a it's so yeah how do you yeah how do you navigate that it's such a stressful thing for me because like i mean like there's like this constant like double double consciousness or like multiplicity of being right like yeah. you if you're a black man you don't want to be the threatening black man right. you want to be as kind as possible and for me it's like i don't want to be the black the angry black woman or the loud black woman like there's all these like things that are constantly having to like be mitigated and mm. i think what i've been like really struggling with the last couple of months has been like negotiating how i black how I be black. How I black. How, yeah, yeah, how I black. You do in, black. <laughs> yeah, well, like, there's moments where I enter space where I'm like, I need to be, I need to be closer. Sure. And so I'm performing closerness in mm. a particular way, but like, I grew up in Cape Town, so I'm a, I'm a city closer girl who, yeah, so like, there's like all these ways. Anyway, so I'm currently reading um, Franz Fanon's Black Skin, White Marks. Mm. So I read this book a couple of years ago, but like reading that, reading it now as a twenty-six-year-old is so different. Where it's just cutting hmm. like a lot. Anyway, this is one quote that I read a couple of days ago. It says, "So I mean, Fernand is writing about what it meant. He's from Algeria. From Algeria, that's right. Algeria, and he's a really big scholar within like decolonial thought. Um, he writes really well, some really good books. Anyway, so this one is like more of a personal book around." how he sees black people navigating blackness within mm. Algeria and in France. In France as well, yeah. 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 And so here he says, it is, uh, it is understandable that the black man's first action is a reaction. And since he is assessed with regard to his degree of assimilation, it is understandable too why the returning Italians, I think the Italian are um, Algerians had gone to war and they come back to mm, come Algeria. Back. Right. Um, 
So it is understandable too why the returning Italian speaks only French, because he is striving to underscore the rift that has occurred. He embodies a new type of man whom he imposes on his colleagues and family. His old mother no longer understands why he's, when he speaks of her PJs, her ramshackle dump and her lousy joint. All that embellished with the appropriate accent. Mm. And so for me it's a thing yeah. of like, like when I, so I went to UC first year and when I went home, mm. the first June fag, gas. I never thought I was the girl that never changes. <laughs> Once you go there. But like, my mom right. hadn't bought a washing machine. And so, I eventually bought her washing machine years later. And so I had to like, wash my own clothes. And like, I got by like, hand. by Ooh, hand. Sure. And it's like, I, I did this six months prior to UCT. And so like, yeah. why is it so different? Right. But I got so used to the easy curated life that I had around me that home felt like this other. Mm. And I think the longer I was at UCT, the longer I was away from home, the yeah. more Christmas holidays I missed, the more I was becoming this new person, which I think is really exciting. But then I became a foreigner to my family. Sure. And I think I think that's the masterpiece of colonialism, right? Where like it draws us into this, um, this system right. that teaches us to other others. But those others whom we other are ourselves. Like I am, I am, I am the girl who who was raised a Kailija, but I become foreigner to myself. And it feels like this like double, yeah, this out of body experience purely by being close to the empire. To these spaces. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, yeah, no, you, you, you become, like you're saying, you become alien to yourself and you alienate parts of yourself as well. Like certain things that would have been very normal, very mundane and day to day mm. now all of a sudden it becomes a thing like you're saying hand washing and mm. i know like for, for for me i mean being from being from zim and you come to south africa and you've got all these warnings that you get given about <laughs> about south africa beware the women amongst other things <laughs> wow <laughs> no no that's not what that's what was said i'm being honest yeah uh, like beware because again we're a very conservative society and so there's this picture of south africa as being this this place where like yeah man people are just doing what they do and so on and so forth so you come you come out and there certainly is a certain amount of freedom that exists here that's not necessarily at home so you land in this space and all of a sudden you're starting to think a little bit differently you you Mm. you break a little bit of the bonds and Mm. then when you go back home at least home being Zimbabwe for me then you enter that space and now it's like yeah we are way 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 too conservative about a lot of different things even in terms of like our how we do church yeah. so i know like for example like when i went home uh actually it wasn't when i went home it was when my mom came i think for graduation yeah so i was waiting for her and then her and my so she come with my aunt and when they came when they came when they disembarked they had said that okay they'd seen someone from a distance who was wearing shorts and slippers and they're <laughs> saying see these are the tzotzis we spoke about you must beware them only to turn out that I was this Totsi who was waiting for her wearing my shorts and flip-flops. Why? Because, yeah. like, back home, it's like, yeah, yeah, the people who wear those are, like, the layabouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But here's yeah. like, hey, man, this is Cape Town. This is beach country. Like, this hippie is, central. Yeah, so I must wear my shorts and my flip-flops. This is what I do. This is how we roll. So when you, when you start having some of, some of those, like, some of those tensions, you're like, yeah, but this is who I am now. Mm-hmm. When you're wanting to go to church wearing slippers and it's like this is utter disrespect but here's like but that's what you do yeah so now you're trying to navigate that too now and you Mm. take that back home and it's like you're not you're not who you were but Mm. you're this new person that you're emerging into you don't quite know who that is and unfortunately and that's also part of the problem is that you pick up within this this new space an Mm. air of superiority Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. which starts to look at all things traditional, all things black, mm. as being inferior, as being yeah. substandard, as being backward. unintelligent, backward, irrational, superstitious, mm. da 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 da, and you don't have a, a, a sufficient, I think, sense of appreciation yeah. for where you would have come from and the reasons behind why people did what they did. And I think yeah. that is one of the unfortunate side effects of it is is that sense of superiority in mm. that sense that that's what Fanon talks about. With the right, with the affect, the right affectation, the right accent. So, like, yeah. you start to think of yourself as being better than or mm. whatever, and that I think is probably one of the biggest casualties sure. in that is that you start to feel superior and yeah. illegitimately so. But you're you're, t- you're basically, you're, but in that moment, what you're doing, you're just taking on 
something. what the system is designed to be, which is it, it, it has this, it carries within it that inbuilt sense of superiority of being mm. better than. And so you become a better black for lack of a, which is like a horrible thing. Right? Like that's like one of the worst insults that can be thrown at you. Like, I you, know. You're a better black. You think you're a better black. Oh, but man. when you enter these spaces and these systems, unfortunately, that's what gets imparted to you that yeah. somehow take this on and you are better. You've been taken out of the system, yeah, out, out, of, of, out the... of the jungle and you've now been reshaped and now we will send you back hmm. better than and you're now this Good luck. weird missionary now <laughs> going also, back into the space. <laughs> but, but I think for me, like, so that's definitely it. And it's this thing of like, yeah. you become a foreigner to both worlds, right? Because right. like whiteness doesn't welcome us, right? We are visitors in that world. Yeah. And we are constantly reminded at, of our visitor status, right? So I'm both foreigner in whiteness. I mean, I think the title of this book, like Black Skin, White Mask, where it's like, I'm definitely foreigner in in whiteness. And then I'm becoming a foreigner, foreigner. in blackness, in where space, yeah. the food of my parents now becomes this other. Mm. Um, this thing that nourished me, that enabled sure. me to be able to be the, the girl who can do these things becomes now hyper what is the smells i mean there's this one point in the book where she says where he says um when parents so family members in algeria would be waiting for their sons at the coast to come back from the war right and they'd be trying to figure out who is coming back who's coming home Mm. um i have to just read this sorry friends where is it uh here 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 he says um the italian returning from the metropole speaks in creole if he wants to signify that nothing has changed. It can be sensed on the docks where friends and relatives are waiting for him, waiting for him not only in the literal sense, but in the sense of waiting to catch him out. Hmm. They, need, um, they need only one minute to make their diagnosis. If he says, I am so happy to be back among you, good Lord, it's so hot in this place. I'm not sure I can put up with it any longer. <laughs> They have been forewarned. It is a European who has come home. Who has home. come home. Yeah. And like... Yeah. Ne? That was a tough like a, one. It's like you're used to the AC now, so... Yeah. <laughs> that was like, it's hot in this spot. Nah, it's too hot. It's and too it's hot. like... <laughs> and, and it's... Yeah. I know moments where I have been that girl, right? To be like, Why is it so hot? What's the smell? What's the smell? What are these smells around me? Why are there so many flies? Ah, and, and like, sure. And I mean, now I can name that as like, yeah. just like, an, like, it's really humiliating, right? It's like family and friends and yeah. colleagues, whatever context. Yeah. And it's like, I think now I can look back and be like very attentive of how, how I be black. Mm. Um, and in ways that like are edifying and healthy and meaningful. Yeah. But I think part of what you're taught in the colony is to other, to, to other mm. others. It's yeah. But yeah, yeah just reading the, that book for me has been like a lot. Sure. So it's, an, it's, an, it's an awakening of sorts, isn't it? Just yeah. like, but it, but it does it does chronicle, I think, just again, just that that process of mm. being taken and um, not being retaken. Sometimes we volunteer ourselves into these spaces because of the economic opportunities that are presented. Mm. Because of and who doesn't? Who does, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's it's nice to to live in the birds. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's it's, it it's nice. It's nice to to. To have those amenities and all those different things, like those things are nice, they're dope, mm. and you're drawn towards it. So it's not it's not like you're being coerced into it, um, mm. but there is there is the, there is the, the attraction to it. Mm. But you come into the space and you become changed mm. into a into a into a different person. That you know, sometimes you don't even recognize yourself yeah. as you're being changed, and you find yourself like yeah, again having to mm. put certain parts of yourself aside and moderate what you talk about how you talk, talk how you talk about it yeah. and um thankfully people are starting to to push back on it but it's it's, it's yeah it's, it's it's tough especially especially also within within church spaces too like when mm. you if you're trying to talk about questions of justice and inequality and mm. sometimes those things don't don't always find a home Mm-mm. within some of the church spaces we find ourselves in because sometimes those too are also sanitized and yeah let's not talk about these things because it's it's foreign it's yeah. it's foreign to that space and let's not invite it into this but, sure. like, but that's the reality i mean i don't know how many how many of us have heard particularly if we want to speak about blackness within the church context and being told that 
race isn't a factor. We are. Why are you Why are you sowing division? Yeah, well, why are you sowing division? <laughs> There's neither Jew nor Gentile. Yeah, we're all equal. Why are you trying and to? Because we're creating a kingdom culture, and it's like I think that's that's I think that's what we call to to create a type of kingdom culture. Right. But that kingdom culture often looks very American. There's like there's particular songs that we will all sing and recognize, mm-hmm. and Americanness or Westernness becomes the culture that we adopt. Yeah. But it's seen as though that's the neutral culture, right? So like if we want to sing Hossa songs or like Shona songs or Ndebele yeah. songs, that is divisive. But singing yeah. songs that are English isn't. So that's, that's the norm. Because Englishness becomes the norm, yeah. right? And yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's been the weird thing. It's like yeah. something weird is happening here where Englishness is the norm, but anything else is divisive yeah. and, and other. And you have to announce it too. I remember <laughs> that's it's so funny. Like every time, it's so fascinating every time. Whenever, whenever, like in some spaces where you were singing, or we're gonna transition to singing a uh, song in Tosa or Sisutu or whatever, and you're like, so we're now going to sing a. Like, uh, but you never said that. You don't do English. that. You know, like why are you announcing it? <laughs> like just mm. do it. Just go for it. And just go into it. Yeah. But again, but again, that's that. That's that. I mean, what that tells you is that that space was constructed with a certain thing in mind and then this other thing is coming into the space mm. and it's, it's so it, ha- it has to be prefaced mm. as oh we're now gonna do something different mm. we're now gonna ooh, you know we're now gonna like turn things up a notch we're now gonna switch things up a little bit mm. um so now so it's like now you have to um you have to announce that as, as it were so which, which is a little like but mm. again what that again it signals it mm. signals quite clearly that this thing is foreign is foreign mm. to the space and mm. but yeah it's always fascinating to me that whole thing of talking about these things ah you're being divisive being divisive yeah. you're the one who's being divisive. so you after a after a while mm. you either get depressed hearing that mm. all the time and you keep quiet about it or you move off and you go some other space but, but it's else. but it's very difficult to be yourself and to carry the stories of where you come from into mm. these spaces mm. because oftentimes there's no there's not enough room for them to talk yeah. about those struggles to talk about yeah a lot of those those questions and, and to or even to bring the questions into of our home space, context yeah. into the space it's like yeah. well we're not people aren't always equipped yeah. to engage that i think that's the so, curse of the suburban church where mm-hmm. it's like it's a space that i think that seeks like deep um yeah, I think it's a space that, that seeks, at least at a superficial level, um, diversity mm. and transformation. But I think there's like little capacity to actually host that space. I mean, I think there was a time where anything around blackness that I heard at different churches was around like ancestral worship. Yeah. And it's like the only way we can speak about blackness isn't about the richness of many things about, oh, this thing that you guys do, this ancestral worship, tell us about that. Tell us about this, yeah, yeah. And, like, lots so of, like... one thing. <laughs> eh, it was, like, like, lots of, like, black speakers were, like, being... And, it's, and there were a few who were just, like, no, actually, I'm more than just... Yeah. I'm... My blackness is more than just speaking about ancestral worship. My blackness is these other things that look yeah. like freedom and perseverance and joy and love yeah. and laughter right, 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 right. Yeah. that have to be coming in the space that I can co-curate with you and not a space that you only invite me in to yeah. speak about ancestral worship. Yeah. And that was a weird thing. It's like, sure. that's that's the only thing we can speak about <laughs> in relation to blackness. Oh, ancestral, ancestral worship and like how, how bad ga- it is. And how, do you guys, how do you guys deal with this thing? Yeah. That's this, and it's it's this like mystical black thing that they don't, they don't understand. Yeah, which doesn't even get taken and contextualized too. Exactly, yeah, right. There, there are many different kinds of ancestral worship. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation. But there are many different kinds of it. And some get practiced and are sanctified. Mm. And are somehow... I mean, I went to a Catholic school. <laughs> I went to a Catholic girl school. Yeah. And... I did not know that. You didn't? No, I didn't know this. Really? No, I, I proper went to a Catholic okay, school. Okay, there we go. Okay, that sure. had a convent next door. Yeah. And I like I got born again in high school, okay. and I was a mess. I think they were so happy when we left that school, because I was like, why, why is Jesus on the cross? Why are we bind down to Joseph and Mary? Sure. Well, who is Saint Peter? Because yeah. like there was like all these like saints that were like explained in like really beautiful ways. So, like this is not worship; it's reverence, it's veneration, ne? Veneration, yeah. Veneration. veneration yeah. But there was something about if I mentioned my clan names or like that part of my clan names is evil. Yeah. 
Mm. There's something about my clan names that has to be forgotten at the moment that I receive Christ, as though Jesus ignores my your, your, your lineage and your yeah. Uh, sure. And is it in is it John or Matthew that starts with Jesus' lineage? Matthew. Where for me that was like the most yeah. liberating thing to see when I first got saved. Where it's like, actually, this book opens with this is where this man Jesus comes from, yeah. and part of his lineage are prostitutes and amazing people and yeah. murderers like but there's like this messy yeah. lineage that this jesus coming out of and for me it was so liberating to see that actually like my blackness and my cousinness isn't isn't left behind the moment i receive jesus yeah. because in receiving jesus i'm receiving this new culture but this culture itself is something right it's western yeah yeah so that that was for me very important when i in my early early journeys of being a christian to be affirmed in not only my blackness and my womanhood, but my cousinness. As well, yeah. And so if I had to speak out, I'd talk about like, this is my clan name, Dungmambele, from this place and this place, yeah. and I'm standing here as a Christian. Sure. That those things aren't erased, and that was yeah. very important for me. That's the other dimension of it too, I guess, isn't it? Because I mean, we're not, we're not just talking about university spaces or even where we yeah. live. Um, like physical spaces that we live in, but also within the church space too. And maybe yeah. this is also just a broader problem than, or broader concern than just here in the Cape, but also mm. broadly as well. Beyond that is that, is there, is there room that is created for, for our various histories? Yeah. And to actually acknowledge some of those things and in what ways are those things also redeemed by Jesus? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I, think, I think the default has been cut it off when you yeah. become a Christian that essentially means now that you have to start walking in this other way of life, which is fundamentally, like you're saying, it's a Western take, mm. a Western appropriation of the way of Jesus. Yeah. So now that's what you have to take on board. But mm. are there other ways of walking in the way of Jesus faithfully, but taking it very seriously, yeah. our own backgrounds? Because unfortunately, I think that, that that's, again, is one of the other casualties. And it's, it's starting to... I think I picked it up quite a lot in the last few years, like at UCT, like mm. doing campus ministry, that people are starting to like, you know, what, I'm walking away from this Jesus thing. People have been saying this for ages now, but I think it's there's been a turn, I think, that's been yeah. happening at least on campus. To say, I'm starting, I'm walking away from this thing mm. because it doesn't seem to have room for account. me yeah. as a black person. It doesn't seem to account for me. So I'm going to walk away from this because this is essentially Western culture that's mm. being forced on our throats mm. and we're walking away from it, which is such a shame mm. because that's one of the beautiful things about the Christian faith is just how it, it comes into a variety of cultures yeah. and it both challenges and also takes on board a lot of the flavors of mm-hmm. those particular contexts. So it's, it's such a shame for people to walk away from this. Because they've been presented something as take this whole thing, swallow this only. entire pill. Yeah. And this is the only way that this thing can be, whereas actually it can actually, yeah, it can actually take on different forms. So it's actually yeah. quite a shame. But again, that's one of the challenges I think that we face in our time is how to make sense of that. How to, yeah, yeah not. I think one of the things that I think was lost. Yeah. I think it was last year, Fedema reminded me that they are so, like, because I went to a black church, Gualanga, mm-hmm. which if you from not from South Africa, it's a township. And <laughs> it's a black township. But yeah, like the church that I went to was Gualanga with an amazing pastor, amazing leadership, who I felt like because they were either Kosa or Sut or whatever, had such a beautiful way of like speaking into these issues where it wasn't like oh. this exoticizing traditional mm-hmm. stuff. It was mm-hmm. their lived reality. And so I remember one yeah. year, so um, in Kosa tradition, usually around December or June, um, young boys around the age of like 17, 18, 19, go to get circumcised at the bush by Yoluka. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff around that, but it's like, yeah, just like kind of a circumcision coming of manhood. Sure. Um, and, and so like if, if, so I think for us, it's like, how do we hold cousinness and like what it means to be, to become a man in Ibu Kos and still being Christian. Right. And the most beautiful thing that I saw was early January, all the men, boys became becoming men and come back to church the Sunday and our pastor called them all up and we prayed over them and it was this thing where you are on and you have part of your your cousinness is accepting and and participating in this like tradition that is very nuanced in many ways but can be very sacred in many ways 
And as a community of believers, we're going to pray that God may steward your manhood, right? Yeah. In a way. And so for me, it was like such a beautiful image of like, actually, like my pastor, Gwalanga, has a language for this thing and has a range for this thing where maybe a pastor in the sun subs wouldn't, right? Yeah. Because I don't think it's, it's not they live reality all the time. Mm-hmm. Or even if it is black pastors in the suburb, because we've assimilated so much more, we lose touch of reality. Yeah. That for me to be meaningful to be like, actually, I do come from a lineage of pastors who've been able to speak into these issues yeah, and, and deal with them when they sure. exist in the Cape and to actually not see the southern suburbs as the quintessential Christian moment. Like that's, it's a bit like right, 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 the yeah. southern suburbs is not the quintessential Christian moment. Yeah. UCT is not the quintessential activist moment. Sure. There's an entire Cape Town, there's an entire South Africa. Yeah. And there's a band who are writing on these issues in really meaningful ways. Yeah. Um, and faith leaders are, who are speaking yeah. to these issues in, in meaningful ways. Where for me, it's been important to just like remember that my early faith tradition was around, my early faith journey was around people who yeah. were able to like really speak to me sure. about these issues and dealing with these issues with my family mm-hmm. that weren't isolating, that weren't othering, yeah. but was instead invitational to my family, hmm. into the faith that, I've, that I, I love, and and edifies me in all the ways. I mean, you have to ask that question, though, right? Like, why would people view, I guess, in southern suburbs or UCT as like this is this is the, <laughs> the moment. <laughs> like this is the moment. Like this is like you're saying this is the quintessential moment of this thing and centering things around that. Yeah. And again, again, there's a lot of history and whatever's behind that of of, of centering certain experiences and certain expressions mm. of things, and then the others are now the other. The other. And you don't actually bring them in and you don't actually invite that, uh, that, that in to interrogate you and your perspective. Yeah. But I think it's also this weird thing where like, even though I got born again in high school mm. at 14, I think of my Christian experience as a university Christian experience. Okay. Where, because it was Christian ministry and like all the things. Uh, yeah. And so then, but yeah, it's like, it's like everything else ceases to exist. Sure. Like that Christian moment was primal. Mm. Yeah, Bukala but not beginning. sophisticated anyway, enough. <laughs> but this one, this one has Walter Brueggemann this is the and thing. has oh. Tim Keller oh, of course, um, of course. and has theology, <laughs> right? And oh, has sh- and has camps where there are theologians. Yeah. And and I think for three, me, three point seven. Anyway, there's a PowerPoint. Yeah, and there are themes. There are themes <laughs> every month. There's a theme. Oh, and so from, and I think it was only last yeah. year when I had to be like, no, my faith did not start in first year. Yeah. My faith started when I was 14, mm. at least confessionally at 14. Yeah. And that was also meaningful. And I think it's that thing of like thinking of whiteness and Christianity as the quintessential Christian moment and everything else being supportive to that. Mm. And so it's theology, but then mm. it's black theology. Right. And it's other. But Ooh, this yeah. one is the right one. That's the one that has to be qualified. Ewe, ewe, yeah. ewe. Um, and so, yeah. Sure. yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's, it, is, it is part of that like, white colonial moment where there are certain things that feel most stable and mm. others were preparatory stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this stuff is just the, that's, that's the drinking milk. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of things. And this is now, this is the real deal now. Which, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I know, it's a lot. <laughs> it is, it is. It is, but it leaves us, that's the thing too, like it, it leaves us, like I've, I've continued to feel this too, because again, for me also, I mean, I was, I was raised Catholic, so mm. cool, went to a Catholic, Catholic high school and all that. Mm. Um, but I only really, I think, took ownership of my faith when, like, adversity. Mm. And all then of my my christian learning and everything else like all of that has been has been in english too yeah. mm. which means that my vocabulary about salvation regeneration justification like all that stuff mm. all of it my whole experience about what it means to to be a christian has been within a particular idiom mm. which is very very difficult for me to retranslate sure. into now like i can't i don't think i can really actually express a lot of these theological concepts mm. in any language other than in English. Mm. Maybe in the original Greek, perhaps. <laughs> only because I've learned that. But I can't translate it into, into, into my own language. Which means that there's a fundamental part of who I am that has been shaped yeah, that I find very difficult to now communicate to, like I say, my, my grandmother. Yeah. Like, how do, I, how do I talk to her about some of these things that yeah. I've learned? And what it means for me to be a Christian. How do I express that to her in a way that is precise mm. enough? 
Um, because again, that's the thing that language provides you is that precision and that clarity of communication. Mm. But I only know how to do that in English, which mm. means then that I can't take that home to her. I can speak in generalities, and she'll be like, yeah, okay, I get you. Mm. But I, cannot, I, can, I can't get technical. <laughs> I can't do anything. Which means that I, there's, a, there's a, a, part, a part of me which just doesn't make sense mm. in another context. There's a part of me that I have to, when I go home, I have to shelve it. Mm because it doesn't translate and there's parts of me that when i'm in other spaces um, like here in cape town there's other other parts of me which i find difficult to translate not um, for a different reason not because of the english this time but because of how the space just isn't built to actually answer those questions mm. um, which some of the questions we're going to talk about later like how do you engage theologically and at a deeply visceral level xenophobia how do you yeah. how do you deal with that because that's a part of my reality that being a being a foreigner, being an immigrant. Mm. So how do you deal with that? But some of my spaces just don't know how to deal with those questions because Good. it's not questions for them. Yeah, sorry. But it's a question for me. So now there's that, you know, you, you become a dichotomized person. Yeah. <laughs> You're walking around with, you know, parts of you that you have to leave aside when you step into this world and other mm. parts of you that you cannot bring into this other space because it just doesn't have the language for mm. it. And that, that becomes your your existence uh, mm. within this space and i think that's yeah i've been really struggling with that as well in oh, relation yeah, to is. to my master's my thesis yeah so i wrote i did my honors looking at um intergenerational trauma and born free south africans yeah. and i dedicated it to my mom and my sister and like i wanted to share this work with my mom my mom hates english like she can speak she hates sure. it she just she's like i'm not gonna speak english my sure. yeah that's just my mom's thing and like i love her for it but my mom couldn't, ex- I mean, I explained it to her. I was like, this is what I'm looking at. But I I was just so hurt and broken that I couldn't experience this with her. Partly because my Tosa isn't excellent and her English isn't excellent. And so we have these two moments where we can't meet, right? And so now thinking yeah. of my, my master's and being intentional about wanting to write parts of it in his Tosa, sure. interviewing my, my researchers, my research t- um actually right now i call call my participants my co-writers so interviewing my co-writers in this cluster as an attempt to say no like i refuse for this information to be inaccessible to you but the other really real thing is that like my cluster isn't 100 percent i am i experience my emotions my psychiatry my my psyche my world i dream in, in english i pray in english i feel theologize in english yeah and it's been a fight to be like, I'm actually going to constantly translate myself. So like, I want to buy myself across the Bible yeah. and fight for that. Yeah. Because it isn't just, and I think this has been the thing for me, is like, it isn't just about speaking English. It's about adopting Englishness, right? That As like, well. yeah. that it isn't that I, my class isn't amazing. Like if I'm at home and like I'm fine, but it's that there's an Englishness that I've adopted that yeah. says, that communicates something else. Yeah. Airway. And yeah. that's the problem here. So it yeah. isn't that like all our kids just be closer because that's a thing or whatever. It's that if our kids, our kids are raised in the suburbs, what are they learning? Yeah. And how are they learning to become? Mm. Whether that is in English or it's closer or Shona or whatever it is. But our kids the ones who are going to be frowning when we eat Amangrena chicken feet. Sure. Eating tripe. And it's just like, what is this? What is that? So that it's... isn't about language. It's about like there's a snortiness yeah. about it. Yeah. So there's um, a there's a there's a way in which you can exist in that space in that particular moment mm. where there's a curiosity. I don't know what this thing is, mm. but it doesn't carry like you say. It doesn't carry that note of superiority mm. of like wrinkling my nose at it mm. or whatever. But it's you know, but but and yeah, unfortunately, that's what that's what we learn <laughs> is that there's a, there's a value judgment mm. that you that you end up making. Yeah. Uh, once you've swam in some of these waters for a while, precisely because those waters are judgmental of other spaces of too. So you pick up those attitudes. Definitely, definitely. So that's that that that's one of the areas where that battle has to be fought, um, pushing against favoritism, mm-hmm. pushing against then demeaning other people or like yeah, degrading or demoting other people's experiences and saying that's not a that's not a some it's not a valid way to live. Yeah. Valid, or or yeah. it's valid for you, but oh, it's just beneath me type mm. of a thing. Like, you know, like that, 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 I think that's where some of the real, the realest battles are. Like sure. just, how do you enter these spaces? How do you engage them? But how do you 
still retain a sense of like yeah no but other people are doing life differently mm. and that's equally valid because again when you condemn that you're also condemning parts of yourself for sure, too for sure, which for sure. sometimes we end up doing that when you right. end up casting aside parts of yourself and saying oh, this is barbaric or this yeah. is this that but it's like where did that come from like how why why are you why are you now saying to parts of yourself that you are evil and you need to be cast aside like yeah, yeah this is but here's the funny thing, though, for me, where it's like, so, like, there was this whole conversation on, on decolonization, right? Yeah. On campus, it's like, need to decolonize, need to sure. exhume Africanness, right? And and parts of it sounded like it was an attempt to go back to the mm, past, right? Reclaim the uh, right. And so I was at a conference once on campus, and they were like, "Cause people do this, cause people do this, cosseness is this," and I'm like, "I'm none of those things. <laughs> I am. Wow. A, I, I'm a cosser girl who was raised a Kailicha, mm. who then comes to UCT, and my cosseness is very much formed within a Cape Town context. It, sure. Like I don't. My grandparents passed away before I was born, so like I don't go home to the Eastern Cape, sure. and like I didn't grow up in the Eastern Cape, like, sure. and my cosseness is this messy cosseness that exists in this like constant duality." And so for me, the idea of like going back is very scary because I'm like, I'm not that. Are you going to fit in if you go back? Yes. Gonna, yeah. Um, and so it's been important for me to be like, actually, like, I define what cussiness looks like for me. And, and, it's, and it's one that's constantly moving and shifting and moving mm. in different contexts. But there isn't like one Africa. Yeah. Like there isn't like, and I think it's, it's the, the Black Panther Wakanda moment where you're mm. wanting to go to this like untouched Africa where part of like, the deepest parts of myself are experienced in English. Sure. Parts of my, deep parts of myself are formed in Englishness. Sure. And so to decolonize Ayanda is like, it's, it's hefty work because most of it is constructed within the colonial or the post-colonial moment. Space, yeah. And so I'm that. I mean, I was telling Dee a while ago that like I had gone home and I bought Amangrena chicken feet and I just had a glass of Chardonnay. Sure. And so like in like that there's, moment... There's both, right? You're... you're <laughs> like I, I had Amangina for dinner With while Chardonnay. drinking my Chardonnay wine. And, and I mean, I laughed. And I'm like, that's who I am. Yeah. Like, it's that... Yeah. Like those things <laughs> coexist within you. And yeah. all the time, they constantly are fighting. But I think that night, I was just like, this is who I am. Yeah. The picture of who I am is born in 1993. Sure is an Ayanda who lives in these two worlds, who is constantly negotiating what it means to be black, what it means to be black in the white space, what it means to be black in the township, yeah. what it means to be black in my room, in my flat, with my flatmates, um, questioning moments where I'm with Casa friends and we're all speaking English and being like, what's happening what here? What are we doing? Yeah. Um, but also yeah. being aware that like, I can't, I don't know how to speak about decolonization in, in East Casa. I don't know how to speak about theology yeah. in East Casa. And that's, and that's the realness of what that is. And so, I'll fight for it. I'll fight to translate and fight to read my Bible in this closer. And I'll fight to, to, to write in this class in my thesis and mm-hmm. interview my co-writers in this closer. Yeah, the, the whole going back thing. Like, yeah. There's, part, there's parts of which sound, which sound romantic, but there isn't really a way back. There isn't my view. There isn't a way back. We've seen what we've seen and we've done what we've done. Mm. There's, no, there's, no, there's no real way to go back to that pure whatever that was, that mm. whatever moment it was. And even then, too, I think what part was what you're also picking up on in terms of you know, people are saying, if you're also you need to, also people are like this, da 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 da. Mm. It's like, well, actually, where, where does this simplified, boiled down mm. version of this thing actually, where does it even come from? Because mm. in, so, in some ways, my inkling and my suspicion, and I think I've got some support here from people like YK Mudimbe, who wrote this book the idea of Africa mm. and he gets picked up on by other people like Tinigo Maluleke but they talk about this thing of the simplification for the sake of subjugation sure. where you simplify some things and you homogenize it yeah. for the sake of being able to create a very simple overarching narrative over all of that sure. so I think in some ways you kind of feed into yeah. that sort of a thing when you're like well to be closer is to be da 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 da. Like, well, mm. actually, well, where does that actually come from? Because mm. maybe there's actually a spectrum and a range of that. Yeah. To be sure, now you have to, you know, there's, 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 there's a range of what that means too. Mm. And part of what that means, and I think for us in this particular moment, I think is how then do we exist with the complexity of being in the post colonial moment yeah. with having been exposed to Christianity in its acculturated form? Mm. How do we now? 
exist and try to be who we are in mm. this particular moment, understanding that there'll likely be a, a range mm. of what that looks like in the end. Mm. Um, but to nonetheless, I guess, to get to that place of, of self-acceptance, of like, yeah. well, this is who I am. This like you're saying, Chardonnay and chicken feet. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I do my black. That's my story. <laughs> this like, is your story. Whereas I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a chicken livers and rosé guy. So that's me. So it's like, how do I get to a place of, again, knowing who I am in God, in Christ, and accepting that and knowing yeah. that I'm a valuable person. Like in my own, in my complexities, in my weirdness, in my self-contradictions mm -hmm. that I have within me, but that nonetheless, before, before, before God in Christ, mm. I am accepted and to start accepting myself. And that's it, as right? Well, in the midst of that. I guess that's the ideal in one sense, but it's a, str it's a struggle to get there. But it is a struggle. Because I think... It's the ideal, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's also like, I know for me it's a thing of like, like living and being like, will this be approved? Mm. Is, this, is, this, is, this is this acceptable? Okay? Is this okay? Yeah, is this acceptable living? Yeah, yeah. I think we constantly are moving in all of those things and... I know, man. I'm turning 27 this year, dude, and I'm like, I'm. There's moments where I'm just like, I need to figure it out, yeah. and I'm wanting to quicken the process. But there's moments just like, you know what, girl? It's a long road it's ahead, road. and there are battles that I will fight, and there are those yeah. that I won't. And like hanging out with people who are like 60 and 70 has been so reassuring to like. They're still trying to figure things out too. They're still trying to figure things out. <laughs> That's the thing. It's a journey, bro. It's a journey. And so being yeah, yeah being black yeah. and middle class. Oh, this is the other thing I want to say. It's like there's also this fight around like the economy, right? Like being perceived as like the wealthy cousin oh. has been the funniest thing. Which like, <laughs> hey, what's this? You live in the suburbs, Kaloko. Well, and I'm like, <laughs> about, about that. If you knew, <laughs> and that's when there's like there's, there's the economic there's the economic part of being yeah. the black suburban cousin, right? Is that people assume that you're wealthy, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm but so mm, poor, but I'm not, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not poor. But things are really difficult. And so like to like also like being fearful. I know for me, the big thing has been like being fearful that part of having gone to school for 12 years, gone to university, wanting to get a good job, um, wanting to get the, the, good, the big house and stuff. Just like I'm like signing into this rat race yeah, that is exploitative, yeah. that is that needs someone to be at the bottom for me to be on top, like yeah. to negotiate what it means to be saying yes to black middle classness. Yeah. Because it looks like this particular a way. way. Yeah. And like, yeah, like that's been a big thing where it's just like, I want, I feel like I've worked hard to be where I am and I've had the support of my own family. And I feel like I deserve to live in the suburbs. I deserve to be safe. I deserve to have a white picket fence. But also being like, part of me deserving means that someone else is undeserving yeah. or someone else doesn't get it. And yeah. how do I tap into the safety of su suburbia? But also being like, I want to fight the need for there to be a suburbia. For there to be a suburbia because if I'm, if I'm safe, someone else is unsafe. And that's, yeah. that's, that's been the most difficult sure. thing. Like going home to Kailich and then coming back to where I live now and be like, these are two distinctly different worlds. Mm. And seeing how my sister navigates as well, because she's 10 and she comes to my house for holidays mm. and wanting to like have her enjoy that space, sure. but not having her hate my mom's world. Yeah. And that's been like, yeah, it's yeah. like a really challenging thing to have her live yeah. between our two worlds that are very, like, very distinctly different. Yeah. Um, but also wanting to, I don't know, it's, yeah, that's yeah, it's, tough. it's difficult. It's tough. And again, like I say, not to not make value judgments. Yeah. I think that's, that's the tough part is, mm -hmm. is to not make that value judgment. Mm. And that's a very easy step to take, though, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's a very, very easy step to take. But mm. that's part of where the push the pushback has to happen within it's ourselves and yeah. ourself yeah and us coming to that place of a self-understanding mm. where you're able to live with yourself mm. with your contradiction mm. yeah yeah sure well mm. questions again answers some mm. still more questions <laughs> which seems to be part of part of the um the yeah part, part of what this is but again that's that's the thing too right of being of being on the way is that you don't always have all the answers. But I mean, yeah, the, these are some of our challenges, some of our stresses and strains and some of the hardship, I think, of, of, of inhabiting multiple worlds mm. too, which sometimes also can take their toll emotionally, psychologically as well. Definitely. But these are the spaces that we exist in. This is who we are. Mm. I don't know if you've got yeah, any closing thoughts before we wrap up and 
Mm-mm. and leave it to the to the comment section this to, is a sailor moment Just yeah like pause and like reflect pause and pause and reflect and think about stuff but we'll leave, we'll leave we'll leave it to 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 you all out there in terms of sharing your experiences and sharing your challenges uh within some of these spaces mm-hmm. i know we're speaking specifically from where we are and from who we are which yeah. is what we know um but yeah speak to us and let us know in terms of from your spaces i know Joburg is a very different animal. Uh, I feel different, I know, for myself when I'm there. Really? (laughs) I don't feel the same way in Joburg as I do when I'm here. I feel... I don't feel black in Joburg. I just feel poor. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a different... There's a different idol that's there. So... So so it's a different battle. But I I know I feel different when I'm in Gauteng as opposed to when I'm here in Cape Town. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe let us know in your in your in your experiences in your your spaces context. that you find yourself in in your context. How are you navigating some of these things? Um, mm. And also for some of our perhaps some of our not our not black listeners as well. Um, how are they navigating some of these things? Not in, black. Oh, not not black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, let us let us know how. How, uh, how are you navigating the new South Africa? Because I know for, I mean, white flight is a reality. Let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Um, gentrification is a reality. So again, let's, we want to, want to hear from uh, diverse people just how are they experiencing this particular moment within, uh, within South Africa because we are mm-hmm. in a very, very interesting situation right in the here and now. So yeah, let us know what your thoughts and thanks for listening to us again as usual. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Bye. Nowadays, I can see what's up. Gotta close my eyes and just pray about it. Most times when you hit me up, I know you want something. I feel a way about it. Married now, got the kid coming. Got my mind spinning like a merry-go-round. Ears open to them old heads. When they come around, I speak very slow. I gotta double down on this. Baby, we gon' have to budget down on that. It's been a long time, Sam Cook, with a change coming, all facts. I can see the strange fruit, all black. Django's candy, yell phrase. See the bullet carrying a noose. Billy now's blood on them leaves. Hold up, look, I cannot anticipate it. It's overrated. I am no longer a slave through the cross. I know, mama, we made it. Congratulations through his image, we are made. And this spirit is giving me patience for all the races. Privilege performing hate. And this ignorance, I rise above. I slide them love. Shine my light all in their face. And I hope they cannot take it. Sophia Stewart, I escaped the matrix. Escape like 95, who can I run to? The arms of the one who loves you, 98ers. I am the latest. I am your favorite right now in the sun. Therefore, I am a raisin. I am a raisin? Raisin in the sun. Sydney Portier with it. Check out the cadence. Woo!